Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast. I'm Brian O'Connor, Coach Bo, uh, recording live from the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. And uh, this is the first point five podcast. So if you listen to episode one, first off, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we had a great interview with Raymond Brown, Ray B, one of my buddies. Uh, just I hope you got some inspirational message from that. And if the inspiration is why you came to the point to the first podcast, you're not going to get that today. Point five is a little different. This is going to come out on Friday. It's going to come out Friday the 3rd. And when you hear this, this is how we're going to start Labor Day weekend. This is going to be fun. I've got a guest on with me, my buddy Ricardo Gerbellini. We call him Uncle Rico at my house. He's my son's godfather. He's going to be talking a little football, hard knocks, a couple of little things. And then we're going to come back after a break. We're going to have my buddy Hayden Fallick. We're going to talk wrestling, AEW, WWE, the all-out pay-per-view, some other cool shit going on there. Um, here's where we're just going to have some fun. So enjoy it. If you're, if you're down, if you enjoyed episode one, again, we had some great feedback. We love the feedback. Thank you so much. Uh, there's a couple of ways you can help us out. You can get in contact with us. We've got the, uh, the Twitter at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, you can see us on, uh, also on Instagram, Coach Bo Knows Show on Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook page and then our Gmail, Coach Bo Knows Show, K-N-O-W-S for knows at gmail.com. We love your feedback, anything you got. Of course, rating us, reviewing us. Give us five stars if we deserve it. If you give us less than five stars, well, keep your opinion to yourself in that case. We're going to get started. I got my buddy, Uncle Rico, Ricardo Gerbellini, my man. Well, Those of you who don't know Ricardo, we've been friends since I was about, what, 16? Yeah, it's... It'll be 30 years next year. 30 years. We're both in our mid-40s now. We're not trying to expose the business here a little bit, but uh, 30 years of friendship. And we're going to have a little fun this first couple of weeks. Now, next week on Monday, episode two, I've got a great interview with Coach Carl Heinrich, the commissioner of the Jayhawk Conference. Uh, we're going to talk about his career and kind of current sports and NIL and all that. It's a really interesting interview. Hope you tune in and enjoy it. Uh, 2.5 on next Friday is going to be our Coach Bo Knows Fantasy Football Draft, which we're going to hold Labor Day night, and I'm going to record, and we're going to play it on the pod. So this, this list of characters, if you will, we're going to introduce Ricardo tonight. We're going to introduce Hayden in a little bit. They get to be on a little bit early. Uh, next week, you're going to get the whole cast of rotating characters, and that's how we're going to kind of introduce everybody. So Enjoy, sit back, listen. Ricardo, what's going on, bud? Oh, man, there's a lot going on <laughs> in the world of football. Yeah, yeah. So my, my world is the same as it was, you know, has always been. Yeah. The world of football, you know, we're ramping up to the season here. Everybody's, you know, everybody's watching Hard Knocks. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's just get but, into uh, Hard Knocks first. Let's just go you there. You want to get Hard Knocks first? All right, we'll let's just, just do it. Let's in. go there now. It's so, all those little things, you know, leading up to the season, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of this, that, and the other. Little tidbits of inference. Oh, how that's going to affect this, how it's going to affect that. Uh, so it's it's an exciting time right before our first the first official game of the year. Yeah. So let's talk about Hard Knocks first, because I know it's fresh. We just got through it. Uh, I think there's one episode left next week. They're going to do final cuts. So. so it'll be next yeah. week. 
before the first games on Thursday night, that first NFL game. Um, are you a Cowboys fan? Not really. Okay, I'm not either. Not really. As you probably know, you know this. They're my least favorite team. But I was it's, excited when I heard that the Cowboys were going to be on hard knocks because I do love me some Jerry. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I don't like Ooh. me some Jerry. Ooh, okay. I, Let's I'm, get into it. Yeah, if we're going to get controversial here, I'm not a big fan of Jerry. I'm really not. It, it, and it's not, and, and I'll, I'll say why. It, it, very often, I find a problem with owners who think they know more about football. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah. Jerry is the epitome of ownership who thinks he knows all about football, more than football players, more than football coaches, more than football analysts, yep. more than GMs across the board, across the nation. He thinks he knows more about it than everybody. And I have a problem with that. Yeah. Well, and, he and, doesn't. Go ahead. He knows more than me, but he doesn't know more than the people who actually do those jobs. Yeah. My whole so thing he on always Jerry gets Jones, involved. My whole thing on Jerry Jones has always been this. He is interesting. Um, you are 100% spot on. He's not a good general manager at all. He totally rode the coattails of being the very rich, wealthy oil man who bought the Cowboys at a downtime. He happened to be very, very good friends with Jimmy Johnson. Him, He parlayed Jimmy Johnson into being his coach. They were buddies. Um, if you don't understand that whole situation, read Jimmy Johnson's book. It's incredible. Um, but Jerry Jones, the whole issue there was that Jerry Jones wanted to get more of the um, spotlight for the championship teams of the 90s. He wanted, yeah. the, he wanted the, the accolades, and Jimmy Johnson was getting all of it as the head coach and the general manager. And Jerry was like, well, wait a minute, I can do this. And so him and Jimmy you know, had the falling out. Um, they bring in Barry Switzer, who ended up winning with Jimmy's guys the very first year. And then after that, they haven't – they've won one or two playoff games since. Yeah. They have won one in this century. Yeah. Um, and and but, but they're interesting because what I do like about Jerry Jones is the businessman part. You know, and, and people who know me, you know this about me. I am a sports management nerd. I love the business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a total nerd about it. Um, and, and so what Jerry has done with the Dallas Cowboys is freaking incredible. I mean, he went and built a brand new, that, that big stadium, you know, the billion dollar stadium. Now he has this new practice facility, which has got a mall. It's got a mall. Yes. It's got a hotel. Yes. And he bought out in Frisco, you know, it's so big. They can take on the same. And because of Jerry Jones, the NFL got bigger marketing wise you know oh, he sure, challenged yeah. them and said wait a minute you guys are making some of these deals with these companies and you're not getting a full value at one point jerry jones got more money from nike for the cowboys than the rest of the league got from their shoe sponsor at the time mm-hmm. i mean that's incredible and when the you have, you him, have to he respect went, jerry he went, he went to him and said look we're all businessmen here I mean, if you don't think of this as a business, you're a moron. And in the old guard of the NFL, you know, um, you know the, the Paul Brown family, the, um, the Steelers, the, the Rooney family, those people before him, um, they were all the Mara family, those the Giants. They were all, well, we're all family-oriented teams. 
They were mm-hmm. owned by a family. They were all bought back in the, the 50s and the 60s. You know, you had a few expansion franchises in the 90s. You had a couple of them. But for the most part, they were family-owned teams. Yeah, they were legacy teams. Bought the Cowboys and said, no, 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 no. I got the biggest and best team. But they were really America's team. That wasn't just, I mean, that's what they were. And it's, they were known as. And he was like, I'm going to get my money in this investment. And he's done a fantastic job. That's what I like about Jerry. And that's what I was excited about when I heard that the Cowboys were going to be on hard knocks. I didn't care about Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy or Dak or Zeke or C.D. Lamb or anybody else. I said the reason I'm excited because I want Jerry. My yeah, best that's- Jerry Jones accent, which is not a very good one. That was a terrible one. But that, that got, right there. We only got two things from Jerry that were worth a damn. We got him putting too much salt on a McGriddle <laughs> and him flying <laughs> in a helicopter four times. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, give me something, it, Jerry. Uh, in, fair, in fairness, in fairness. It, that, yeah, as little time as he had on uh, you know on camera that's basically the two things he did he has commanded a presence on that show because that's we were just we you know we were casually talking about it before it, it hasn't really focused the same way this year as it has in previous years yeah and that's t- and and honestly i kind of put that on jerry because that's kind of how his team is run the focus isn't on the team because he needs to stay in his own lane and he doesn't do that He's the focus. So they've, they've done this wonderful, you know, they're doing the drone cams, doing that whole, that whole mall layout you're talking about leading up to the practice field, leading up to the offices and everything. That was, you know, five minutes of just drone footage. Yeah. Going through it. It was a wonderful shot, but that's just like, where's the substance of the show right now? There, Where are the play? Like we, we, you know, on every hard knocks, and we've been, you know, they're in what their 16th season, something like that now. Something like that. I think it's something like 16 years now. They've been doing hard knocks. Hard knocks has a has a, a simple formula of focusing on starters initially, and then really bringing in the drama of the 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 players who are fighting for a spot. The bubble that's player. where hard yeah. knocks really shine. The bubble players, the unsigned. Yep. The free agents, the the walk-ons, all these guys. That's where the drama of the show really lies. And focusing in 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 taking the story of people trying to make the team. Of course, they're going to put all their top contract players on the air. It's, they're part of the draw, but it's all about the team and their interaction. This year, we didn't even get that till halfway through the second episode, kind of. Yeah, I agree. I was watching episode one, and it was looking like it was going to be the Zeke and you know, Zeke and Dak buddy cop yes. show. And, it's all Zeke, Dak and, and it was like Dak didn't want to have anything to do with Zeke. Those guys clearly like each other, but Zeke likes Dak more than Dak likes Zeke. I think Zeke's kind of got a man crush. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and got a man Dak, crush. Dak's trying to – here's what I like about Dak. So I've never been a huge fan of his. He was phenomenal in college. I'm glad he's getting his in the NFL. So glad for him he got that big contract because I think he deserves it. But my thing about him, he's behaving. You see it on Hard Knocks. Dak Prescott's behaving like the star player on an NFL team, like the franchise quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott is supposed to be the the Robin to the Batman here. 
I mean, he is a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal football player, but he behaves like a 21 year old kid. He does. He does. And I don't fault him for it. And I, I, I guess but... I don't either in a way, but I think that it, one, it made the show not interesting. And I don't think he's, now let me say this. I don't think he's bad. Okay. I don't, when I say he's debating like a 20, he doesn't do anything stupid. You know, the funny thing of him wrapping a present, you know, for Dak, this and that. I think you said <laughs> yeah. it really well. You said he is a man crush. I think that could be very true. But I think Zeke is just, he's just kind of goofy Zeke. They should have run with that. When Dak that would have been hurt, more interesting run than with half the stuff. Zeke, yeah. Zeke could have been sort of what uh, Marshawn Lynch has been. Kind of, you know? yeah. There was an opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, so I think the producers of the show did a really bad job. I would say the producers, the, the focus, the, the energy yeah. of the show, it's not what it has been in the past. And I don't blame that on the team. I blame that more on production. I blame yeah. that more on direction. And I yeah. blame that on Jerry. Well, I think the other because issue... You they- know he's got, you know he has specific conditions for them to be there. Yeah. You know, for HBO well, to be there and be filming, he has specific conditions on what what's going to be, you know, what yeah. where his airtime's going to be, where the focus is going to be, things like that. Because he controls the team. He controls every aspect of the team. Yeah. Always has. I think the other piece of it, so much think on this. Mike McCarthy is boring. Well, <laughs> how much do we want to dredge up from last year's conversations? You Bring them all. Mike McCarthy's because- boring. He, 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 I mean, here's what I saw. Here's what, here's what stood out to me. One, the, the Austin Powers thing he did, I think it was episode one. Oh, he lost it. None of the, none of the, none of the players understood the reference of Austin Powers. Yeah. I, I, here's why I know that. I've got a 19 year old son. He doesn't under, fucking understand Austin Powers either. Now, someone who's our age, we're slightly younger than Mike McCarthy. We understand how funny Austin Powers is and why some of the, the mojo is funny stuff. Yeah. But hey, even the first year old kid is not even original. Similar in age to those guys, the young players, he doesn't understand the Austin Powers. He doesn't have a frame of reference. Yeah. But and, and not only that, it's in fairness, mojo has been done. Yeah. On hard knocks, on football. It's been done. It was done, I think it was Cleveland, just like two. Two years ago, was it? I got. I, I yeah, got they were. Call. They were talking about their mojo. Yeah. And it see, was a strange reference for them, and they, yeah. you know, that was a couple of years ago. And then the other piece to that is what I also saw. Mike McCarthy is every preseason game they had when he goes in the locker room, whether it's halftime and especially after the game. His talk to the team is monotone. It's vanilla. I mean, it's horrible it's not impassionate it's, not it's at all a... very good way of putting it and i think that it's just i think it's awful i can see why these guys don't play for him didn't play well for him i can see why aaron Rodgers didn't like playing for him in green bay well we, we and you we talked about this last year it's a simple fact that if you're taking away from that you're taking away from the team mike mccarthy is not the leader of the team he's the coach of the team but he's not the leader he's not the heart Last year, when Dak went down, everything changed. That team yes. went to complete garbage. Yeah. So with Dak, they've got some life. They've got some potential. I don't know what that's going to turn into under Mike McCarthy. 
But last year, what happened? What happened to Dallas after week, what, five, week four? Yeah. I mean, they went to, they, where's the coaching in that team? Yeah. You know? Yeah. They had so when, when, he, when they hired him, I, you know, there was a lot of discussion there that they're hiring Mike McCarthy to basically take orders from Jerry Jones, which yeah. is what uh, the previous coach was doing. Yeah. You know, that's basically what he was. He was a mouthpiece for Jerry Jones. And we've seen what that happened for over the last decade. And here we are, Mike McCarthy. Uh, he's not the same mouthpiece, but he's not exactly leading this team. He's not inspiring them to do anything. Yeah. That heart lies with Dak. Yeah. So without Dak, and, and, and I think last year is the prime example, without the heart of your team, your team falls apart. And that's exactly what happened last year. So how long can Dak stay healthy to keep this team relevant? Yeah. Without them, they are definitely not relevant. Yeah. So I think they're in the worst division in the NFL. That's never been under debate for the last, what, three years? I mean, years? Washington, Philly, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Who, wins that the, Who do you think wins that division? Dallas. Without question, Dallas. Oh, I, I, think, I think Washington's going to win that division. I don't see that. I think, I, I, think, I think Washington wins some games this year. Don't get me wrong. I think Washington wins some games. But they're not – they haven't had a breakout year yet that actually solidifies them. They haven't shown anything yet. And we I, are like, I, I like Ron Rivera. Yeah, I like Ron Rivera too. I like Ron Rivera, but that okay. doesn't, you know, having a good coach does not turn around a team in half a season. Well, I thought they played better the second half of the season last year. And I think that in that division, it's only going to take nine wins to win the division. Oh, I don't even And even in the 17 game schedule. Here's the question for you, though. Right, Cam Newton just got cut this week. Yeah. Would Cam Newton go into Washington, re, you know, reuniting with Ron Rivera? Would that change your mind? No. See, I think it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have changed. It wouldn't change my mind this year, and it wouldn't have changed my mind last year because we yeah. speculated whether Cam was going to go to to Washington. Yeah. When Rivera took the job. Yeah. That was speculated, and he didn't go there. Yeah. Cam going back now doesn't change my mind. I don't think. I think Washington has to show something first, yeah. and they haven't done that. Like you said, they were starting to come on at the end of last year. Yeah, but that's at the end of last basic. That's less than half a season where they showed some promise. Yeah, against three other teams that are that were garbage. Yeah, the gar- the, the, the division's garbage, and it, the, the Cowboys are better garbage. than that. Yeah. So you know, it's the same thing of you know who's the best of the worst. Yeah, it's the debate, and we're still in that debate this year. Yeah. If 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 if, uh, if Dak Prescott stays healthy, what, Cowboys walk to that win because Washington may give him a little bit of a challenge, but they're not going to sustain. They haven't yet shown that they can sustain a full season here with some wins, and they're going to need some quality wins early on. They can't just bank on a good second half of the year. Yeah. Well, I think Washington's a better defense. I mean, is yeah. Yeah, Philadelphia is dysfunctional to say the least. Well, I haven't heard anything out of them that's any better this year than so last year. The 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 Eagles are in that category to me this season. So I was I don't know if you listen. I'm on the Jones Report with Tyler Jones here on our sister station here, uh, our sister group, <laughs> group here. And um, one of the things that Tyler and I talk about is there are certain teams in the NFL who are just punting the 2021 season. They're the teams that are taking the big cap hits. The Lions. And the Eagles are like the top two. Ugh. 
Well, and with the, the Wentz they situation have, from last they year. They have the had, worst but... situation with the cap. With the Eagles, it's because of the whole trade of Carson Wentz. Yeah. The huge salary cap. The Texans I have in that group. The Jets are in that group. Uh, um, the Giants are in that group. It's like they're saying, okay, 2021 is sort of practice for 2022. Two of those teams that I think are kind of punting this season, they're not even really trying, they're not trying to win, are in that yeah. division. That should yeah. be four wins for both the Washington football team and Dallas. Yeah. It and then be. it comes it down to who win. wins those two games between Washington and Dallas. Um, if Dak if Dak stays healthy, I don't see how Washington beats him right now. Yeah. I think Washington is not as bad as they were last year. Yeah. But they don't beat Dallas. They don't yeah. win the division. Dallas and, and will win a few games outside. And I think we don't know if Dak's really healthy either. I mean, we saw what happened on Hard Knocks, and then I yeah. saw last week Adam Schefter, who I I have less and less respect for every day, says that <laughs> Dak's going to miss you know four games or something like that. I don't um, see that. Don't get me started on Adam Schefter. I, uh, I think Adam Schefter made up a whole bunch of bullshit on draft day. Um, yeah, I just—I mean, he basically said he made the Aaron Rodgers story up. Yeah, uh, it's uh, oh, well, it, and the media was milking Aaron Rodgers for all it was worth. It was—it was the yeah. best news out of football. It—it it was. To, well, that got to where when I'm on Tyler's podcast, right? We just go, "Don't bring up Aaron Rodgers." I don't care because <laughs> all we I talk just, about is football. I, when I go just, on, and I go, I really don't care. He's going to play. He's going to play for them in 2021 and in 2022. He's not. And I was right. In, yeah. in 2022, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Denver Bronco. Most likely, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's either going to be a Bronco or a Raider. It's either going to be the Raiders or the Broncos. I think he'll probably be a Bronco. I think it's. I think it's 70 30. I mean, I really do. If you had to put numbers it on it, I think it's 70 percent chances of Denver Bronco. I think a lot of that, right? This, a lot of that probably is decided by how Carr will play this year. But uh, you know, Carr has never been has never broken out of his shell in the NFL. Yeah. Well, I'm, he's I'm been good. He's never been great. They had the opportunity. The Raiders did of cutting Derek Carr, and it wouldn't have hurt their salary cap. And it goes to show me that as much as I love John Gruden, he's lost touch if he still kept Derek Carr. Well, that's there's there's a changing. We're seeing this now with guys like Gruden, with guys like McCarthy, where you're starting to see a need for a change of guard, yeah. especially a coach at head coaching, because there's just too much of that still going on. That you know you should cut them, but you think that you're holding out hope and you're not being objective as a head coach. We may we we don't like it. But the NFL is a meat market as much as anybody. Whoever has the prime meat right now is what you need. It has always been that way. I mean, we're looking at Hard Knocks in its 16th season. That's the focus of Hard Knocks is talking about these guys in the bubble, these guys fighting for a spot. People go down. People get cut all the time. People get traded all the time. That's the drama. That's the reality of the NFL. And it's really a reality of most professional sports, team sports especially. But that's, that's the reality of it. So the idea here that the coaches seem these, especially these these longtime coaches, are holding on to this idea of what it used to be, and holding on, you know, loyally to Derek Carr, that's a mistake. They're really not doing their team justice. Yeah, and, and that's where I have a problem with that. It, it's yeah. they should have moved on from him. Derek Carr could probably be doing better in another play in somewhere another team. Okay. 
Hey, let me yeah, ask I, you. I would agree with that. I would agree 70-30. Yeah, he's probably going to be a Bronco. He could be a Raider. Yeah. So here's the other question. So we, you talked, I love the way you put it. The NFL very much is a meat market. I, I agree with your sentiment on that. Just today, as we're taping this, we're actually recording this on Wednesday night. It's going to come out Friday morning. Uh, Tyron Matthew of the Chiefs, who, while I'm not a Chiefs fan, I love me some Tyron Matthew, LSU, go Tigers, uh, mm. has tested positive for COVID. Cam Newton has been released by the Patriots. And while Belichick is saying that it has nothing to do with uh, Cam Newton not getting vaccinated, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see a little more? You know, uh, Urban Meyer just also got caught up in a quote where he said it's going to make a difference. Um, 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 Colts GM uh, just said something about you know, there's consequences to not getting vaccinated. I don't want to get in a political argument about vaccinations, but I want to ask you this. Do you think that players that don't get vaccinated who are on the bubble are going to face? I'm not asking if they should. Are they going to face consequences about not getting vaccinated? I think they're. I, I think their job is at risk if they're not vaccinated. Yeah. Um, going into the last round of cuts, going into to finalizing the uh, the each roster for every team. If you have a decision to make between the bubble players and one is vaccinated and one is not, there is a very real. And this is this is new this year. Again, this is another difference from last year. Last year, things were unknown. Things were being figured out. There were no, you know, ticket. There were no ticket sales. It was all television. So you're rearranging, and it's all about. And and we'll 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 make this simple. As you said earlier, Jerry Jones, this is a business. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we got to make some money. So if you have a player who is unvaccinated, and you have a risk in which, and this has come out this year. The team has to forfeit a game because of COVID. Yeah. You know, the, the NFL has said that, there'll be no the reschedule. That's it. That's the end of it. The moment you have to forfeit a game, and it will, somebody will have to have that happen this year. It will happen to somebody. We don't know who. We don't know why. We don't know how. That's the future. But it will happen. And the moment you have to give up a game, you have to give up tickets, you have to give up TV, you have to give up promotion, you have to send everybody home and sit back and watch on a Sunday or, a, God forbid, a Monday night game, that's the end of it. It is mandatory vaccinations across the board. Every owner will say, I am not going to lose a game, especially if it's a Thursday night or a Monday night game because of COVID, because we had unvaccinated players. Mm -hmm. That'll be that'll that's it. Well, not only that, it's not a real, first, you know. The real on the field cost also is there's a slim margin between being a playoff team and a non-playoff team, and one game can be that you get a forfeit, you get a loss. That's a big deal. I mean, mm -hmm. a team that goes from now we have a 17 game schedule instead of being 10 and seven, you're nine and eight. You're not making the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs. How many? And with 17 games this year, nine and eight is you're. We're going to have some some at week 16, eight and eight teams that are done. That are looking for uh -huh. one or two or three things to happen. Yeah, yeah. To, we're going to be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, you're going to need a 10 or 11 wins to get in. 10's the minimum. 11 is what you're going to need to get in. Every every yeah. team has to be thinking we have to win 11 games. Yeah, you know, in the uh, past it was if you win 10, we're in. 
And it's there has been exceptions. There's been a few times where sure. ten and six divisional weakness falls off. Yeah, divisional weakness. We saw it with with uh, the NFC East last year. Right. You know, Dallas, Washington, Philly, New York. Those they were garbage. They were all at or under five hundred. Somebody had to go to the playoffs. That's the way it was. It it's rare though. When it's that bad, it's not common. But we've been around long enough to see enough teams where, you know, we pull up ESPN on, on Sunday before game start or, or on Saturdays, and they're like, okay, NFL Live, here's what has to happen for this team to make it in. Here's what has to happen for this team to make it in. And you forfeit a game, and that's where you end up, or are I'm sitting on the outside because of it? No question. And the, the other thing, and, and we were talking about it earlier, you know, this is no longer an experimental or emergency. This is a fully approved vaccine. Yeah. So, you know, when, you're, when you look at things like mumps, measles, polio, vaccines that we have to take just to go to school. Yeah. This is now a fully approved vaccine. It's optional. No one's required to take it yet. But that's yeah. changing now because it is fully approved. Yeah. And when you put money on the line, yeah. owners and teams, when you put playoffs on the line, well, and, and really, players should be considering this if you're putting your job on the line. Yeah. Because in, in, in effect, a COVID test going positive, even if you show no symptoms and you have to sit out, you know, they, they talk about it every year in Hard Knocks, next man up. You could yeah. lose your job just because you can't be on the team on the field. Yeah. Yeah, because NFL not, is one just, of those... Because an yeah. NFL contract is a personal services contract, you can be released for medical reasons. That's not a HIPAA protected, um, a HIPAA protected yeah. job. You know, you can't be fired from your normal nine to five job because you have an ailment. But mm-hmm. it's a personal services contract. You avoid that in the, in the case of a professional sports. Let's get back to on the field for a minute. All right. Yeah. So, have you looked made any picks yet for this year? You got a you got a favorites or what, what do you think? Who's going to be holding up the trophy at, in the end of the season? Ooh. At the end of the season. Well, there's always the, uh, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today, as a matter of fact, just, just be, uh, thinking about uh, fantasy football. And you got to think about, th- I think of it as three tiers of football teams. The garbage tier, which is where you put your, you know, your Cincinnati, your Philly, your New York, all those teams. They, they weren't good last year. They haven't been good for a few years. You haven't heard anything good out of them in the offseason. I don't expect any of them to be good any of this year. One of them may have a decent season. But for the most part, I don't expect them to be good. Then you got your mid-tiers. You know, your mid-tier teams are where they've shown promise. And, and I hate to say it, but I would put somebody like a Seattle in there. It's good. Hasn't really shown greatness in recent years. They're just kind of middle of the pack. Cleveland climbed up into mediocrity. You know, they're, they got better last year. They actually, you know, that's a question mark there. Will they be able to sustain or improve on last year? Will they... Is that the new bar? Is that their minimum bar? Or is that their ceiling? You know, those yeah. are interesting things to happen this year. What's going to happen? Um, Dallas is kind of like that. What's Dallas going to do? Is I think they're intriguing as a team. I don't want not the administration, not Jerry, not even McCarthy. I'm just curious what the team will do. How will they coalesce and actually make something happen? Because we know otherwise without that, I don't think they're much of anything. But then you have your top tier teams, teams that have had success year after year after year. Right now, we're looking at Tampa, Kansas City, the Packers. Um, you know, those are guys that you expect to make the playoffs because they have the talent. They have everything kind of gelling at the moment. What I find interesting right now are kind of these question mark teams, teams like New Orleans. 
you know, where they're bringing back a lot of talent, but they're making some significant changes. Obviously, uh, retirement is a thing for many players. Yeah. So no more Drew Brees. Yeah. What's what's New Orleans going to look like this year? I think that's yeah. an in, you know that's an interesting place to focus because they've got a lot of talent. They yeah. still have a lot of talent. So what's going to happen with them? Tennessee showed really you know especially with Derrick Henry kind of breaking out as this monster running back last year. What are they going to do this year? Yeah. Um, I, I you know I'm keeping an eye on on teams like that where I'm looking to see if they're going to surprise me with anything more this year. Not that they can't play, but can they do more? Okay. Uh, All right. I so like that. And then the playoffs are going to be different. They, like they were last year. We're going to have seven teams in the playoff. Yeah. We're going to have two teams with buys. Or was there one team with the buy? All right. Yeah. And then you have I think three it's the, teams. the first place teams. I think yeah, the number three, one team is going to play. have three week one playoff games, leaving you four teams left. So one team mm-hmm. gets the buy. Um, Vegas says the Chiefs are the favorite. What do, what do you say? I, it's hard to disagree because, uh, I mean, last year they were, until the Super Bowl, the most dominant team in yeah. football. They were ha- far and away the best team week to week to week, putting points on the board, playing decent defense. You know, Tampa, for lack of a better way of putting, kind of put the smack down on them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But Tampa it got is re- Tampa they got, got hot. They won that just, five in a row at the end of the season. They made the playoff run and win the Super Bowl and won. It's hard to it's hard to argue with the Chiefs because they were they were so strong all year long. But you got to look at a team like Tampa, who got hot at the right time with the right talent under the right leadership, with experience that Kansas City just didn't have. Yeah, and they were able to capitalize that right at the right time. It's hard to say that uh, you know. Tom and Tampa won't be able to repeat that, especially now when, you know, unlike last year, we got preseason, we got preseason games, we got a proper, you know, preseason and and training camps. I think this year there's going to be some wild card in there. What's who's a strong team. Who's not because last year was so different. It left some doors open for teams that normally wouldn't be that good. Yeah. But it also this year now everything start, everything that came out of last year starts to coalesce with these stronger teams. Yeah, I think the Packers, the Chiefs, and Tampa are probably my leading favorites. Okay, because they're the strong and they have they have been the strongest teams for the last couple of years. Yeah, um, no, you know, if I had to, if I had to pick one, I would probably say Kansas City has the best chance. Yeah, so tell me, I've been looking at it this way. I always look at it as the AFC and the NFC because they do shape up a little different. I think right now the AFC, if you look at depth of teams, there's more than seven teams that are playoff caliber teams. I'll read this off. Sure. Uh, AFC East, I love Buffalo. I like what they're doing there. They're the favorite in the East. I think the Dolphins have the best roster, not counting the quarterback position, in the division. Not, again, not counting the quarterback. Okay, take that off. Yeah, I mean they have the best young roster in the NFL. The Patriots are the Patriots. I'm never betting against Bill Belichick. The Jets are one of those trash teams. Then you got the AFC (laughs) North. You got the Ravens. You got the Steelers. Steelers were 11 and 0 at one point last year. You got the Ravens. You got the Browns. All three made the playoffs last year. 
And you mentioned them earlier. They're kind of in your trash bin. They're not my trash bin. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll tell you why they're not in the trash bin anymore. Joe Burrow is healthy. <laughs> you have to show up first. So, Get out of the trash bin. All right, so now we got those four. In the South, we got the Titans. You mentioned them earlier. I'm a big believer in the, in the Tennessee Titans. I love the way I they play they football. Are, they play defense, I think they, they run the football, well. and their quarterback's a pretty good quarterback. I like the balance they have, offense, defense. I think the quarterback and the running, the running game have found a balance last year that just works so well yep. uh, because it, Derrick Henry is just a beast. Yeah. He's yeah, and just they can a monster they can, beast. They are the anti-Chiefs. They're yeah. the team that the Chiefs don't want to see in a one-game situation. God, no. But I would agree. You yeah, Tennessee, definitely. Yeah, then you got the Indianapolis Colts, who I think made the worst decision in the offseason of anybody. I think that roster, all they needed was a quarterback, and they spent a shitload to get it or get the wrong one. I think Carson Wentz is just straight trash. I agree. I wouldn't put him on my football team. I wouldn't put him on my fantasy team. I wouldn't let him coach a a Division I team right now. He's got no confidence. I know they think Frank Reich thinks he can rebuild him because they worked together in Philly. I would not have traded for him. I think he's a locker room. He's a guy in the locker room that a lot of players aren't going to like. I, I, the Colts were one of those teams. They were, last season, one of the top two or three rosters if you take the quarterback position out. I made this point last, last season. How good would the Indianapolis Colts be if Andrew Luck hadn't retired? Oh, God. They'd have Oh, if I, that we, may have been the we, biggest blow to the to the Colts when he retired. That was that was if, a shock. If we could have had Andrew Luck, if he could have stayed healthy, I know he's got physical ailments and he's made a lot of money. God bless him. He doesn't need the spotlight. He doesn't crave the spotlight. But had Andrew Luck been what he was on track to be and playing the way he was playing, we'd be talking about Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes. We were talking about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning ten years ago. Yeah, I, I would. I completely agree. The, the thing about that is, and when and and you've seen this with Aaron Rodgers as well. Yeah. If you're not recruiting, especially in the offseason, your GM is not pro- doing what needs to be done to protect the quarterback. Yeah. You're going to lose your quarterback. Yeah. The same we division you the Texans, who I think are the worst team in the NFL. Oh god, they're the they're at least the most dysfunctional team. Yeah. Right now. And yeah, I mean, you get the last Jaguars. year was Philly. Last year was Philly. This year, it's the Texans. Yeah, the Texans and the Jaguars are two of those teams that are punting 2021. You know, um, I have my jokes about Jacksonville. You know, the the, the Khan family runs them. I think they're a little busy with AEW to be worrying about the Jaguars right now. They had, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence dropping their lap. I think the Jaguars made a terrible hire on Urban Meyer. I think we're going to find Urban Meyer is the worst case scenario. I did like that he went ahead and cut Tebow, though, because, I mean, that was a joke. Um, but just that. I mean, wow. and then the last it's, one, about, it's about a decade too late. Yeah. And then in the West, you have the Chiefs. Um, behind them, you have the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos. I don't think anyone thinks the Broncos are going to be very much this year. They'll be the defense, unstable quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater's good, but is he really a playoff team in this caliber? We talked about a lot no. of good teams already. The Chiefs are a shoe into the playoffs. The Raiders 
again, I, I don't know what the hell they did. It's like they were, it's like Mike Mayock and John Gruden went off to fantasy Island and figured out that they are not the smartest football guys in the world now. And <laughs> they have, they, I mean, I'm a fan of both those guys. I think they're both wicked smart, but they've made nothing but mistakes. In the last they're, they're, they epitomize fake it till you make it. Oh my God. And then the Chargers, I think, are the up and coming team there. I think there's there's chance for the Chargers. Yeah. I like Austin Eckler. I love Herbert's arm. I like his arm strength and his he showed a great some talent wow. last year. Think, I don't listen, think any of those three teams are challenging the Chiefs in the division. But I think the Chargers have a real chance to get the playoffs. I would like to see it. Honestly, I would like to see it because it would be a change of pace for them. We've yeah. been talking to, you know, we have been hopeful as, and I'm talking about kind of in general, the football world. You know, we have been hopeful under Phillip Rivers for years that they, they had the talent. They should have been better than yeah. they have been. Yeah. I'm hopeful for them. Uh, I'm just not terribly hopeful because it's kind of again and again and again. I want yeah. them to be better. and They're just not showing what they need to show. Okay, here's the playoff teams from last year in the AFC. Traditionally, at least one team won't make it. One team falls off, and then somebody comes in. That's back when you had six. Uh, we're going to have seven this year. So, yeah, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indy, Kansas City. Which team does not make the playoffs? Pittsburgh. We agree. We absolutely think- agree. Because I, I got think the, that, go ahead. I think they're I, honestly. I think we're at the end of Ben. Yep. I think we, we are, are at the end of Ben. I went so far saying I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to finish last in the division. As you were saying earlier, they should have cut. Uh, you know, they they held on to him too long. They're holding on to Derek Carr too long. I think I think holding on to Ben at this point is is more fan service than anything yeah. else. It, yeah. it, he's no, he should not be the leader of that team. He shouldn't be the quarterback of that team. They should be targeting someone to replace him if they, are, if they aren't already. I haven't seen indication, any indication they're going to do that. I, I think that they're risking something here because if he goes down again, he's not young. Oh, he's, this is his last season. He's already said this, it's is, already, it's this his is his last season. season. If he goes down, I mean, Pittsburgh he's is done. done for the year. Yeah, yeah they're going to be. If he, gets, if he gets hurt early, you might see a cam in Pittsburgh pretty quick. Well, Mason Rudolph's going to be the quarterback. He, I think he's the quarterback by week six or seven. I really do. Because they yeah. got to know what they've got there as well. Uh, but I'm not high on Mason. Yeah, but by week six they, or seven, you've already They've got to know the because they've got to figure out whether he gets an extension or not. Because you can't yeah, go well, in the next season, his last year of his contract, lame duck quarterback. All the more reason not to have, all, have held yeah. on to Ben. Yeah. All the more reason you're holding yeah. them holding on to Ben is strictly fan service for the city. That's it. it. There's it was no to make other ben, reason. It was to make Ben happy and for public service. I agree. Yeah. Uh, there's no other reason there. So I, I'm glad I we think... agree. That's the team that I think falls off the most. Um, yeah. I think the Colts are going to fall out. I just think that if they play Carson Wentz, they're he's going to he alone is worth three losses to me. I just don't buy him as a leader. Yeah. I don't think he leads that locker room. Yeah. I think the Chargers get into playoffs. I mean, the Dolphins get into playoffs. I'd like to send something out of the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been pretty quiet for a long time now. And I understand their quarterback scenario, but at the same time, I I would like to see the Dolphins do something because there's a stigma of Miami right now that even with talent, they just can't get anything going. I love their coach. I mean, Brian Flores is a great coach. It's going to be a great coach. I I love the fact they built a young roster. 
And all they got to do is figure out the quarterback situation. And we see that it's going to be Tua. Now, it's going to come down to how well is Tua play. And if he doesn't play well, the Dolphins are going to go into free agency in the draft next year for a quarterback. If he doesn't play well, I think he's done. I don't think he goes to – I think he becomes, at best, a backup quarterback. Yeah. Somewhere. yeah. I don't think he stays in Miami. I don't think yeah. he stays as a starter. I don't yeah. think he has a chance there. So, give so me this two. is his year. This is his put-up-or-shut-up moment right now is this year. Do you think the Dolphins there are that team that's going to make the spiral up, or do you think it's somebody else? Uh, uh, I, I don't see them – I don't see them doing that. Okay. Who's the team I, that I think there's too many question marks. I think there's too many question marks there. I don't who see can, it. Who can knock the Chiefs off? Besides Tampa? Or you mean no, just, I mean, just in the AFC? Who can knock the Just Chiefs in the AFC. Ooh. Wow. Just in the AFC. You know, I was high on Buffalo last year. Yeah. I was really high on Buffalo last year. I think they've got it. It would be I, I I would like to see it be Buffalo honestly because I think they're that they were that good last year. I want them to be at least that good this year. I would really like to see them do it. The other thing about Buffalo and this is non-football. This is all just super superstition. The, you know the old line of uh, Buffalo back in the nineties with the X Files. Not familiar. Okay, so there's uh, the, one of the characters in the X Files. I never watched the X Files, but I knew this. You know, but you remember when Buffalo went into the playoffs four years in a row and never won? Went to Super Bowl four, they lost four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, the nineties. Four Super Bowls in a row. There was an episode of the X Files where the, the 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 smoking man, the guy who always smoked at the end of an episode or whatever. Okay. He came out and said, uh, one of the jokes that they made on the show was, "As long as I live, the Bill, the Buffalo Bills will never win a Super Bowl." <laughs> and they had, I mean, it's, it's there's kind of a calling out there because it's been. You know, 25 years since then. Okay. So for me, I would really, really like to see a Buffalo, you know, okay, get to the Super Bowl. I would like to see them. If, if, if I had to pick a team to pick over the Chiefs, it would probably be Buffalo. See, I think Buffalo and Cleveland are the same kind of team. They're the team that if you play the Chiefs, you've got to beat the Chiefs in the Chiefs' own game. You've got to, you've got to go out and score well, you got. You, I would say that about any team that has to play the Chiefs. Well, but see, that's where I slightly disagree because the one team that could take it to the Chiefs that can control the Chiefs is the Tennessee Titans. They play a total different brand of football, and because sure. of the way they run the football, they keep they can keep Mahomes on the sideline. They can burn. And that's they, the they secret can, to beating them. That's, that's what true. the that's what the Bucks just did. They kept yeah. they kept him on the sideline. That's why I picked the Tennessee Titans to go to the Super Bowl this year. You're picking Tennessee. I am picking it's not Tennessee. a bad pick, honestly. I, 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 am high on, I like them last year. I like, I, them. I like them this year. I love the addition of Julio Jones. That means you got one less guy in the box. You're going to have to put a man over on top of him. You have to put somebody on Julio. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's gonna, they're going to move him to slot. They're going to put him out wide. They're going to move him all over the place. Just to, for if for no other reason. It's not going to be because he's going to get 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. He may no. not sniff great numbers, but they're going to move him around to manipulate defenses to make run lanes for Derrick Henry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I and controlling the game with the throw. run is not an overrated, not an overrated part of football. But and the other side of adding him is that they can be selective with Derrick Henry. He doesn't have to be the end all be all leader yeah. of that offense. 
But now with Julio, you have another prong. When they start to focus too much on Derek, you go to Julio. If you go to Julio, then you open up Derek. And they can just ping pong you that way throughout the entire uh, And And Ryan Tannehill has shown he's a good quarterback. Yes. Well, he's in a system that works for him. We've seen him in systems that don't fit. Yes. He's but what they, they do, do, he brings that one, that, that, that just the right amount of balance of leadership at QB, where he won't throw it away, he won't give it up, he will stir the team up and lead the team without having to be the star of the team. Yeah. Yeah, he's... I think he's found a home. I think they play to his strengths. I think that he, he's a, he is a play-action quarterback in a league where they don't have much play-action, but they have the best running, the best true running back. Oh yeah, I mean you can argue. I mean, there's, there's better nobody, fantasy running backs. You know, Alvin you know, Kamara and and McCaffrey and Devin Cook, uh, Dalvin Cook, they're all better fantasy backs. But no one's they, a better running back. Than it's Jared because Cook. they catch out of the backfield. That's right. Than much running back. It's just like the part of the but Titans' offense. They don't have to do that. They don't have to, and they don't need. To. I mean, with the way he runs, that is it, like he strikes to me like like a, a running back of old who just takes it and carries six guys, six yards yep. every right. single time. All right. Let's switch over to the NFC. The East we've got, we talked about it already. Washington, Dallas, the Giants, the Eagles. Last year, Washington won the division. Barely. They, seven and nine got him in the playoffs last year. They were a seven game ahead of and there you go. Seven, seven, and seven and nine. I will never accept that they won the division. They would they defaulted. Yeah. yeah they to got a in. playoff position. Okay. But hey, that's the way the rules work. One of them's gonna get in. One of them will get in. I think it's them again. I, I do. I think they have a chance at it. I think it's Dallas. It's a two-horse race for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's a two-horse race? Cowboys. I, I think Washington. I think it's a yeah, I think it's a two horse race with Dallas already with the upper hand. Yeah, I mean I think if you throw the if Dak Prescott's healthy, it's hard to pick against the Cowboys. I agree. Yeah. NFC if North. We got the Packers, the Bears. Uh, Bears were a playoff team at eight and eight last year. The Vikings, the Lions. This is the Packers, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm a. You know, I'm a little curious how Detroit's going to play out on their on their side of the uh, the, the changes, the, the quarterback the changes. Yeah, the trade. But I mean, it's Packers. Obviously, that's 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 not a question. I think the other teams are still. They haven't broken out. Chicago is yeah. still a little dysfunctional. All right, let me ask you this: Did you see the Bears are still going to go with Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback? What do you think? I said dysfunctional. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. I don't think you can keep that. I understand that. If he does this. I understand that only slightly better than Carson Wentz. I don't understand that at all. I mean, it it doesn't help Matt Nagy to keep a veteran quarterback when his job's on the line already. At least he can I, use the excuse of we had a young quarterback if he switches to Justin Fields. I well, would like to finally admit they don't know how to coach a quarterback. Yeah, that could be it too. I mean, for in, in, in all fairness. When was the last time they coached a good quarterback? Yeah. Not that they didn't get good quarterback talent. Yeah. When could they coach a quarterback well, in the last decade? I, I, heard, I heard someone great say this about the Bears, about their whole franchise. Who's the greatest quarterback in Bears history? Is it Jay Cutler? Oh, it might be. In modern in history, history, it is. 
in, mo- in, in modern, modern history. No. So, so I mean, now, unless you're going to go back 70s. to the 40s, yes, or the it's Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah oh, y'all need to know about their franchise right now. They had to get Justin Fields. Yeah, it, you have to play. go. You have to go back a full generation to a generation and a half to get a better quarterback. Yeah. For them, they have they haven't they've had talent. They can't coach a quarter. They don't know how to. It's like they don't know how to coach quarterbacks. It, it's like a it's like it's a void in their whole in their whole um, their whole franchise. Yeah, there's a, there's a book in the in the the bowels of their their administrative building where they they have a leather bound you know written in blood how to coach a quarterback, and everyone's afraid to look at it. Yeah. All right. So now go to the South. The Saints actually won the division last year. Followed by the Bucks, who end up winning the Super Bowl, the Panthers, the Falcons. I think we pretty much agree this is the Bucks division. This is the Bucks division. I I am very interested to see what the Saints will do this year. Yeah, I think that having their dynamic, and it's interesting that we're talking. You know, we're picking the Bucks, and Winston is in is in New Orleans right now. Um, and 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 real quick, as much as I bash on them, I want to you know shout out for Dallas. Uh, as I understand, with the with the the hurricane, New Orleans is practicing in Dallas's practice facility. Oh, are, I knew they were practicing somewhere. They're playing game one in Jacksonville. I know that. Yeah, they're playing game one in Jacksonville. But I believe that they actually yeah. Dallas has has accommodated their their okay. practicing That's so that awesome. they can actually. I knew that LSU was at the Texans uh, facility last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're headed to play in LA against UCLA Saturday. Yeah, and um, it's. And so, but I'm really interested in seeing what New Orleans will do yeah. with the changing of the guard here yeah. and, and how they will develop with all their talent. Yeah, and Michael Thomas coming back from injury. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's well, a team to watch out for in the second half of the year. I really well, want to see what they do. That's what I'm screaming. And you know this about me. I'm the biggest Saints fan of anyone I know. Um, mm-hmm. That's my team. Yeah. I have no feel for what this team is going to be. I'm glad it's James. Had it been Taysom Hill? <laughs> well, I told, I told, I was sitting down with the wife and the kiddo last week before Sean Payton said it's going to be Jameis. And I watched that Monday night game, the preseason game when they played Jacksonville, and Jameis looked like a world beater. He threw two touchdowns and three possessions and looked phenomenal. And I've been saying from the whole time, but you just give it to Jameis, he's worthy of it. Uh, Taysom well, Hill is not a quarterback to me. Well, we've I, talked about this before as well. We know that, you know, kind of like Tampa, kind of like uh, uh, Chicago, Tampa didn't know how to coach a quarterback. Yeah. And, well, and if, you know, anyone who's sitting there telling me that Bruce Arians is telling Tom Brady what to do can kiss my ass. Well, I think there's something to that, though. I, Bruce Arians is all everywhere he's ever been, quarterbacks have played well. When Roethlisberger was at his best, Bruce Arians was his offensive coordinator. Yeah. When Peyton Manning had some great years, Bruce Arians. When uh, Bruce Arians was um, – oh, who else did he have? I forgot, one just escaped my mind. Now, I don't think Bruce Arians made Tom Brady by any chance. But I think no, a lot no. of that was the meshing of those two. I think it's why it took a while for that team to, to get together, to get on the same yeah. page. Arians likes to throw the ball deep. That's not Brady's forte. No, no. Uh, Brady's is, is, is 20 yards like, in. He'll he hit you for you one. Apart. Yeah, he'll hit you for a deep one if it's there. You know, he did yeah, that that's, championship. That's one in 10, one in 20. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's 15 to 20% of his throws at best. Yeah. yeah it, he is not, much more of a, I'm going to set you up for the long ball, but I'm going to yeah. make you pay. Yeah. In he, he's game. a, I like to say that Brady's the, the one who gets the ball out of his hands fat. He's not going to get hit. 
You're just not going to get to him. So I don't know what the Saints are going to be. They still have cornerback issues. Michael Thomas is out till week seven. He's on the pup list. So is it seven or four? I thought it was four. It's six games. Has it changed? Six Six games. Okay. He's on the pup list. He went on the pup list this week. So he has to sit out six games. Jameis Winston's the quarterback. Um, I mean, Kamara's going to have to take on a bunch of this. They've got a couple of young kids at wide receiver. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what the Saints are. Uh, The Saints, to me, I think it's going to depend on, one, I think Jameis and how he plays. But then, two, they've got DB issues. They've got corner issues specifically. Mm -hmm. If they get good corner play, they're going to be okay. If they don't, they're in trouble. But I think yeah, I, I would a have to complete team in that division. Yeah, I, I am most curious for that because of Winston, because I would like to see what Winston can do when he's coached properly. I would like him to not throw as many interceptions as he throws touchdowns this year. Yeah. You know, if he can do that, if he could just cut his interceptions in half. Yeah. Well, I think that, that narrative is a major improvement. Yeah. Well, I think that narrative is a little overrated, but at the same time, I also agree with it in part. I, I don't think he's ever going to go back to being the interception machine he was when he was young. And that has nothing to do with him getting LASIK. It's just the nature of their offense in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the nature yeah, of what he did in Tampa, you know, under that previous regime with Derek Cutter, basically a lot of those interceptions were like punts. They were 30 and 40 yards down the field. Oh, I yeah. think that gets missed a lot. And so that's why, like, I like to correct people on that narrative a little. Because, yeah, he threw for – he led the league in touchdowns and the interceptions that year. But if you look, a big part of 30 interceptions was 40 and 50 yards down the field on third and long because Derek Cutter's an asshole. Oh, I, I, I have no – you can say the same thing about Dak Prescott last year before he went down. Was yeah. He had 400 – four 400-yard games in a row because he had to play from behind because their defense was off. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing here with Jameis is that, you know, yeah, he is throwing deep. But at the end of the day, and we all know this to be true, you can point the fingers everywhere you want. At the end of the day, he's the one throwing the ball. He's the one that's going to get the blame. Okay. It may not be all his fault. It's part of the system, part of the training. But at the end of the day, it's his stats that are actually going down. Not, you know, right. coaches don't get fired because their quarterbacks throw a lot of interceptions. All right. Last division in the NFC, the West. Seattle, the Rams were in the playoffs last year. Cardinals, 49ers. Who do you like? Seattle. Uh, they're the only consistent team in that. I like everywhere them. else, everywhere else, there's question marks. See, I have I am waiting to see something out of Arizona. I am not impressed with Kyler Murray right now. Yeah. I'm really not. Yeah. I expected I expect that team to have been better by now. And it's not. Yeah. I think the Rams have, have, you know, they're again on the other side of that trade. Yeah. We haven't seen them yet, what they're going to be and who they're going to be this year. So I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to say no to them, but I'm not going to say anything that I can't commit to them until I actually seen a few weeks of what they're going to do in in that. And San Francisco quarterback cut by committee now, I'm not against it, but no one's been able to make that work really. Oh, no. See, I'll, let's, let's start here at the top. So Seattle. They have not been Seattle since the Legion of Boom went away. And it, it's hard because they have to pay the quarterback so much. Pardon me there. Um, you know, you got to pay the quarterback so much. You have these other issues. Pete Carroll is kind of losing that team a little bit. They don't have an identity other than Russell Wilson being an MVP candidate. 
Um, yeah. You know, their, their defense is going to have to come out and, and be something. The hard part is that's the hardest division in the conference. Because in any week, you're going to have a, a big game. The 49ers, yeah. I agree with you. I think San Francisco, you know, they're going to get Bosa back. I think it helps their defense. I think the kids should go ahead and play. They like Trey Lance. I think it's time to go ahead and let him play. I, I, I think am, that ends up happening. I think they get to about. I think so too. I think it's sooner than later. Phase away I, from. I think that you can't go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's why I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, two years ago, they're in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo throws a freaking pass while he's in the red zone with his eyes closed. Yeah, <laughs> he's scared. He doesn't know. He. I don't know what anyone thought this guy was a franchise quarterback. That Bill Belichick got over on everybody on Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, he did make us to a Super Bowl. Yeah. The Cardinals, I think, that up-and-coming team. But I they've like They've been up-and-coming for three years. Yeah, but we've been sitting there for a couple of years. You're right. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I like the pieces. I think the tough part for them is the division. I think when you got four games that include Seattle twice, the Rams twice, you're probably splitting with the 49ers. That's six tough games. I think if the Cardinals were in the East, they'd win the division. I think if they were in the North, they'd have a chance. Maybe a game or two behind the Packers. In the South, they might have a chance. But in the West, they're the third best team. They they have to step up. I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of hanging on Carla Murray. Yeah. They have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. They've got the talent. They haven't yeah. gelled. And, and, and like we've said it repeatedly, there's an identity issue here. They have not coalesced into an identity as a team. Yeah. They've got pieces. They've got talent. Yeah. They need to put it all together. And I don't know where the blame for that not yeah. happening yet. Yeah. I'm not a big believer of, of uh, Kingsbury as a coach. So my pick here, I like the Rams. I, I love – Matt Stafford on that team. I I agree. I'm waiting. I'm. It's. It's not that I don't think that's true. I don't. I haven't seen who they are. Yeah. Well, Stafford. I, I think the running back is unimportant in the NFL. I've always said I think in the NFL the running back is the most because Cam Akers is hurt. He's out the season. Yeah. I think the most <laughs> replaceable position on the team in the NFL is the running back. You can truly be a committee in running back. Yeah, and that's where you can see you can do committee in other positions. You can't, it, I, it has not been done successfully at quarterback. Yeah, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. It's always been my advantage about that. That's at all levels, in my view. But I also like the Rams because I love their defense. To me, they have two of the top five defensive players in the league, and they have the best defensive player of a generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, Eric yeah. Dobbs. I know that the NFL top 100 had Mahomes one and Donald two. Um, there's no doubt to me that Aaron Donald is the best player of this generation. Either side of the On defense, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. They, teams triple team him. He he's, the best, he's the he best defensive to. player since Reggie White, in my view. I can't argue it. I mean, I can't I just, argue it. I mean, and, you, can, I, you pull up top tier defensive talent on, you know, at the end position, especially, you're always going to be at least almost as good as him, but not yeah. better. And they won 10 games last year with Jared Goff basically being handcuffs on offense. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford's going to let that ball fly. He gets the, fl- yeah. he gets the, let, he gets the fling it around knowing that he doesn't have to win the game. 
nor that his defense can keep him in any game. And that's, that's the key part there where I have my question mark. It's that yeah. now he doesn't have to. Yeah. Can he lead this team? Yeah. Because I, I, for years in Detroit, he's been the best player. He's been the leader. He's been the best player right. pretty much on those teams. Yeah. Now he's not the, not only is he not the most talented player because you have a solid defense and you have, you know, support at other positions. Can he lead them? Uh, give me or a champion because they, they could always turn around. They could always turn out because of him as an Arizona right now. Yeah, I agree. All right, give so me I a champion in the NFC. Is. God, you know, I think I know where you're going here because I, I think it's I the think one it's that most it. everybody's picked. Well, no, that's the thing. I am looking for a surprise. I, I really expecting something different. I. Not a surprise, but not the expected position. I think everyone's going to say Tampa because they're bringing everybody back. Yeah. They've had more time to coalesce. They know what they did last year. But And, and as much as we say it, it is very, very difficult to repeat. Yeah. Even for Tom Brady, who's done it, yeah. it is very, very difficult. I'm going to go I – think, I think something different about this year, I think it's uh, Packers. Really? See, here's my thing on the Packers. I want to pick the Packers because, as you know about me, my feeling about Aaron Rodgers, I think he's the single most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL. I think he wants – I think I think the offseason last year there yep. was that message of, oh, you got a backup, I, you got a new quarterback. I think and it's we'll show too, you how an MVP looks like. I think it's going to be too much dysfunction when it's all said and done. I think I see, I think differently. I think he. I think the team rallies behind Aaron. Well, I think the team and I think will. He comes – I mean, the I, team, think the I just think they're talented enough on the defensive side of the ball to, to, to stay in a game late in the season with Tampa, with Seattle, with the Rams. I don't think they come out as a number one seed in the division, but I think they end up going to the Super Bowl. Well, I think it's important to get that one seed this year, and I don't think the Packers are going to get it. Um, I don't think the Bucks are going to get it either. I think it's the Rams. And it I would be a pleasant surprise. I would, I, you know, I, like I love the, it when they when they do that stuff where it just kind yeah, of changes a little bit. I, I like the Rams and the Titans in the Super Bowl. I do. I think this is, if I had to go out and say, because I don't like just saying, "Hey, I picked the Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Bucks," like everybody else will. But I mean, there's <laughs> legit reasons why these they want to see it again. Sit. And, they want to see it. That's the thing. They want to see Chiefs and Bucks again. Well, they, that's, yeah, it's not what they think is going to happen. They want to see that. Well, it's really sexy for the NFL to have a Miller Mahomes Brady Super Bowl. Sure. Even Rodgers and, and Mahomes would be big. That would be very big. Yeah. A State Farm would love that. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, yeah. They would but, own that. That would be on every commercial back to back to back three in a row. But, uh, but the best football game would be the Rams and the Titans. I'm not. I, I don't dislike it. I actually do like it. I just. Don't I think, think there's something. Happen. Well, I think there's something to the two teams, and I think you can put the Packers in this. And I think the Bucks, for a certain amount, can be in this discussion as well. The teams that are not just the wide open, throw it fifty times a game offenses. Um, you know, I mean, the, the Packers are going to run the ball more. I think the Bucks are going to run the ball a lot more. I expect Leonard Fournette to break out for the, for a big season. Um, but I think the Rams, 
I, the Rams, I think, are the team that I would – they're kind of my that, the team that – and then we know the Titans are already one of those teams because they are the team that controls the clock, runs the football. Now they're capable of getting the big play. So I really like those, those two teams. I just think they're the complete rosters. And I think it's important to have studs on defense and a quarterback who can win games. And I just think those are the best two mixes of them. I'm a little – actually, as you're saying – as you're saying that, well, I think I'm going to run out of batteries here shortly. Hold on. There was one thing I wanted to check here, and it's um, do they play each other in the regular season? Oh, I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, that's that was – I was just thinking – you were saying, like, well, what if they did play? We got a little preview. I'm trying to find it real quick. There's Tennessee. Let me see if I can find their schedule here. Let's see how Colts, Jets, Jags, Rams Bills. play the Titans Jeez. on November the seventh on NBC Sunday night. There it is. See, so we might get a little preview there. Might get a preview right there. Yeah, we might get a preview. That would be cool to see. Yeah. All yeah, right. At the Rams. Yep. By the time we get together again for next week, if you're on the pod next week with me, uh, well, next week will be our fantasy football draft. So, um, the week one, the first game will be played. But we, well, by the time we get to two point five. Do the Cowboys have a chance against the Bucks week one? To win? Win the game. Uh, no. No, I think Tampa wins. I think it's a blowout. I, I think Tampa wins. I, I think they win by 10. Right. I don't Give me one blowout. hot take for the season. Hot take. Oof. I say we got a one hot take. Yeah, one hot COVID. Team. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that team that has to forfeit a game. That's my hot take. Keep an eye out for what's going to change if a team has to forfeit a game. See what happens. Okay. I think the fallout from that will be huge. It'll be all they talk. No matter what, I mean, it, it could be any week of the year. It'll be the hot. It'll be the number one topic for not only that week, the following week, the week after, and what do you the, think what it the happens. Years, Organizations will do. I you think it's inevitable. I think a team will forfeit a game this year. Yeah. Which team? I, I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. I think I, I, I do. I think I it's think inevitable it won't for two reasons. One, I think enough players are going to get vaccinated. I think two, the NFL will hide that from us. It's possible they they wouldn't, but I I think this is an unprecedented type of situation that. And, and with the ruling of they will not be reschedules, that they will forfeit. I think they're serious about that. I think they're going to, I think we're going to see it one time. I uh, think we see it one time and it never happens again. All right. Last two little questions. We're going to get out of here on this. Give me the one team you think that surprises people. Like just give me that one team or um, that one team you think is just going to shock everybody and have a, a better season than expected or a worse season. There are a, or a, a much worse season than you can expect a much worse season than they should have. Or yeah. Or the, or the team that comes up out of nowhere and plays better than everybody. I, I think, I think you're right with Cincinnati. I think they could play much, much better. I think they could be a, a, a total sleeper team. Um, I think I think as much as I picked them, I think Seattle has as much potential to fall as they do succeed. Okay, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Yeah, you 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 said mine. Since I think Cincinnati's gonna be my hot take is 
the Bengals are making the playoffs. Yeah. I can't, I can't argue it. I, I just, I, I need to see what they are. Yeah. I'm going off of one thing and one thing only. Number nine, baby. Joe Burrow. <laughs> can't imagine why you're a high on that. Joe Burrow, baby. Joe Burrow, baby. Yeah, if, for those of you who don't know, my LSU roots, I love me some Joe Burrow. And this is, that's my dude. That's going to be my dude going forward. On the, on the yeah. Jones report, we joke almost every week. I can sneak the joke in that the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow. He's already the best player in the franchise history. <laughs> not, not this year. In the history, in the history of, the of their franchise. Yeah, that, you're not biased franchise. about that at of, all. That's part of the history. You have of no bias whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> Hey, all right, Rico. I've had a blast tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna uh, well. we're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna bring in uh, Hayden here in a few minutes. Talk a little AEW and WWE, and then we're gonna get up out of here. I will see you at the fantasy football draft this weekend on Monday night. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll have that on on episode 2.5. Buddy, you are welcome to come on at any time. So, I had a blast. I had a blast. I'd be, I'd be more than happy to come back. Uncle Rico, that's going to be your nickname for the show, by the way. I know you don't always it, like it. No, no, no. For those of you that don't for know, my, the reason we call for, Ricardo yeah. Uncle Rico is Ricardo is my son's godfather. He's the godfather. So uh, we respect the godfather, Uncle Rico. Bubba, you are welcome anytime. I'm going to bring you on as much as I possibly can. We're going to have fun with this. So thanks for coming on. And uh, I will talk to you on Monday night. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, bud. Hey there, this is Coach Bo, and uh, this segment we're going to talk a little uh, wrestling. We're going to talk a little uh, AEW and WWE, and on here with me is my good friend, Hayden Fallick. Hayden, how you doing, bud? Good. How you doing? Man, uh, doing good. Just got done watching AEW Dynamite, and uh, I know you hadn't seen it all yet. but uh, Not yet. I, I gotta, just checked I it out. It on... Wasn't a bad show. You know, kind of the go-home show for them. Now, well, I guess they got Friday night, but kind of the last big show before all out. And we'll talk a little bit about all out and CM Punk's return and all this and that. So, um, sure. You know, with everything going on, let's talk about that first. We have the biggest surprise, kind of the, the biggest draw that you can really have in wrestling right now. is CM Punk has returned and CM Punk, um, CM Punk to AEW, which I think a lot of us kind of, saw that if he was going to come back to wrestling, it was not going to be in the WWE. Um, not after they sued him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then fired him, you know, fired him on his wedding day and sued him and everything yeah. else. They're trying to put him out. They were trying on... to bankrupt him. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to bankrupt him. You're right. What are your thoughts on like, um, you know, what's going on with, you know, what Tony, um, what Tony Khan's done here with bringing in CM Punk and how they're using CM Punk. What do you think? Well, I think that's a, I think it's the smartest move they could have made. I don't think there's a better person that they could have brought in to be a draw for, for a company like AEW, you know, um, for years and years and years, people would chant CM Punk's name at WWE. And it was to sort of irritate the, the WWE people, uh, Vince and Stephanie and, um, and triple H yeah. because he left on bad terms and they all knew it. Everybody knew that. Yeah. So AEW tends to attract a little bit more of an inside audience. Yeah. Um, they tend to attract a, a more diehard audience. And, you know, those were the people that were chanting that. 
And yeah. so to see him show up on that, on that, um, in that show, and especially the way they did it, where they sort of teased it, but they never actually said he was going to be there. And, you know, um, with Kenny Omega wearing the cookie monster shirt and, and all that other stuff that they did, um, you know, that's the best possible move they could have made. Um, yeah. He is to them what Hulk Hogan was to, to the WWF in 1984. I think He's a, a guy really that's going to draw and they know him. Yeah. And, they, and people are going to know him. I don't know if he'll, he'll be their champion. I don't, I don't think they'll go there um, where he would be like a long-term champion, but he's the guy that's going to bring eyeballs to him. Well, let me ask you that question. I was going to go there for a second. So I, I love the way you put that. We were talking off before we got started a little bit about that and um, you know, kind of comparing CM Punk to Hulk Hogan in that way. Um, it's certainly going to draw more eyes. I think one of the things that AEW has done is they've got their audience. They're, they're around a million people every Wednesday night to watch their show. And it doesn't really go up. It doesn't really go down. It stays about the same every week. But now you draw in CM Punk. And uh, I think you said this a little bit ago. We were talking and you said something about you said about the casual fan is dead. There is no casual fan now. And if there is, CM Punk is the one person I think you draw them, you know, um, but to draw some numbers and to draw more eyes to the product. Um what did you think about how they brought CM Punk back? You said that, you know, obviously it was a surprise. They didn't, uh, they didn't surprise us. We knew what was coming, but they never inherently said it. Is there any different way you would have done this? Hmm. No. I think, <laughs> to Tony, be honest I think it's you, the best thing. I think Tony it was Khan's brilliant. Done. I think yeah, it's the I best think it was thing brilliant. Done. The reason it was brilliant was because everybody knew what was coming, but they didn't say it. So yeah. it was still a surprise to that like 1% that had no idea what was going on. But I mean, they were, you know, people would say we're chanting CM Punk's name and they would focus on them in the crowd. They had Darby Allen say something like, um, even if you're the best in the world, uh, you know, they had, like I said, they had uh, um, Kenny Omega was wearing a cookie monster shirt. And I think the other one he wore said chick magnet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, the only question to me was kind of how they were going to do that on the show. Yeah. And I think they did it in the smartest way possible, because if they had sort of drawn that out, every match would have been dragged down by the idea that CM Punk was going to show up. Yeah. So you had to bring him out first, because otherwise it would have killed the heat on every other match they would have had. So I like I mean, there's nothing they could have done that in any differently that would have been better um, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things I also thought about it was I like, you just said, you said you, they didn't wait. They didn't put matches in front of it, bring it out at the end. I also liked that They let him talk and let him, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't come out there and shoot on everybody. And he just kind of said what he wanted to say, but then they didn't try to get heat real quick by having someone attack him or, you know, they didn't try to give someone a rub immediately. Yeah. Instead, I like there how were, they set up a Darby Allen thing and did that. I think that's exciting. So I thought that was a really good way of doing it, too. There were a couple things, too, about the way that the promo went. You know, one thing that's, that does set AEW apart from, from WWE is that it's very clear that they are given bullet points, but they're not scripted promos. So when he sat down and he starts t talking, it wasn't a pipe bomb type promo. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, but 
he, you know, you could tell those were his own words. It wasn't, yeah. you know, if it had been WWE, he'd have been, he'd have said, come out and said something like, um, I'm so glad to be back in the Mecca of sports entertainment. And that just would have killed it. Yeah. Right. Cause they're using that WWE speak yeah. instead. Um, he came out and he gave a, he gave a promo and he wasn't, he didn't say anything too inside that people wouldn't get it, especially the, the crowd that AEW is attracting. Um, but he didn't, he didn't shy away from things either. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, one thing that's also different about AEW that I think is important is they recognize the larger world of wrestling. And I think a lot of fans aren't used to that. But beyond the stuff with the Forbidden Door, I mean, they will talk about people's pasts in WWE, Impact, yeah. New Japan, All Japan, whatever it is. And that sort of go, that sort of went with that. Yeah. And I thought that was a, I thought that was a great way to do that. Um, I'm I sure. I'm sure they're going to bring in Brian Danielson next and probably we'll have a, we'll have a a heart to heart face to face confrontation with those two guys. And they'll reference PWG and ROH and everything else. So let me ask this. So you, you mentioned earlier, and I kind of get back to this a little bit. You said that you don't think they'll use CM Punk like in a championship situation. Do you think that maybe down the road, they'll save a Kenny Omega versus CM Punk for a pay-per-view six months or a year from now? and let Kenny Omega keep winning? Or do you think that's kind of reserved for Brian Danielson's return? I think we're going to, I think we'll see Kenny Omega and CM Punk because there's just too much money in there that, um, that, that they won't leave on the table. And I definitely obviously think we're going to see Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. Um, but there's a Kenny Omega story that's going on right now that involves Hangman Page. Yeah. And I think they're going to have that play out first. I mean, that they've been leading to that for over almost two years. Yeah. And I don't see how they, 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 they don't end it with that. The only person I could see maybe that they would bring in that would interrupt all of that with him would be uh, Kota Ibushi, but he's staying in Japan. Do you think we'll see some of those new Japan guys like Ibushi or uh, Okada come over at some time? Yeah, we will, but I think at first we're going to get the uh, – I think we're going to get sort of the – I don't want to say the B team, but we're not going to get – we're not going to get um, any of the real big real big names. You're not going to see Naito. I don't think you're going to see Okada. Um, you will, however – I mean, we've seen Will Ospreay yeah. um, show up, and we've seen Jay White. They've both been over an impact. They haven't the, been on AEW yet, have they? Um. No, but I, I would guess they probably will okay. because impact doesn't have exactly the greatest track record with it, with uh, new Japan. Okay. So I would expect they would show up. I mean, yeah, I, I think we will. Um, I mean, we saw Tanahashi on, yeah. uh, on new Japan and um, uh, Moxley's going to wrestle uh, Yuji Nagata. So that, I mean, we're start, we're starting to see some of them. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I think we're going to get the B team first. And uh, New Japan is pretty protective of their top stars. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine like Okada going on on AEW TV, wrestling Omega and losing definitively to the one winged angel. I don't yeah. see that happening. Um, so wonder, how many times did they wrestle in New Japan? Three. Three. And Okada won two or one? He won two of them. Okay. So can I mean it's almost like the, the 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 dream match to me now is Okada and Punk. 
That's what I yeah, would, Okada and that's Punk. That's the one Actually, I would want to see. Yeah, Okada and Punk or Okada and Brian Danielson would be great. Yeah, I'd actually see true. rather. I'd rather see if we're going to see a, a New Japan guy versus Punk. It would be Naito. Would be my my first choice. Okay. Um, and I'd like to see. There's a few other ones. I'd I'd really like to see John Moxley versus Ishii. Yes, I like. He's my he's my my favorite New Japan guy. Behind yeah, he, Okada, me too. What, what limited amount of New Japan I've seen? That's the Stone Pit Bull, right? You're at to yep. Yeah, that dude Stone is that dude's intense. And I like I liken him to like a, a Japanese less suplexy task. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he he comes off as legitimately tough. Yeah. Some guys don't. He comes off as legitimately tough, like yeah. he's gonna come out there and kick your ass. He looks like walking um, granite. He does. And he's and you know, funny thing is he's only like five foot seven or something. He's a yeah. he's a short guy. I think he's actually even shorter than Taz. But man, like he's terrifying. Uh he had a match with um he had a match with um, Nora Suzuki that was brutal. Um, and he said he had a few other ones. I mean, he's, he's a scary dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so back, back to AEW, pull, pull Ranzler a little bit. Um, sure. So we got CM Punk's here now and they're going yep. to all out. So CM Punk's going to now face Darby Allen. Is Darby Allen the right first opponent for CM Punk? Yeah, because you know what? If there's any kind of ring rust on CM Punk whatsoever, he's going to work it out really well with Darby Allen. Plus, if you're going to elevate if you're going to elevate CM Punk on the on the roster, you don't want to immediately stick him in there with somebody like Moxley because he's going to have to lose. Okay. You can't stick him in there with you can't stick him in there with with one of the you know upper uh, mid card guys because he has to because he has to win. You could put him against somebody like Jericho, but Jericho's occupied. Yeah. I mean, Jericho's whole function right now is to put over younger guys anyway, and CM Punk's not exactly a youngster. Yeah. So well, I think I that's would, the uh, they come back to they can come back to that in the future. Tell that story later. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. That's true too. But I think yeah, I think Darby Allen is a good guy to put him over. I don't think it's gonna hurt Darby Allen um yeah. long term. I mean, he lost to CM Punk. It's yeah, I, I don't think in his in his debut, I don't think anybody would expect him to win. Yeah. Um it's kind of like Jericho beating, you know, be, beating Sean Spears, you know, at the, at the, you know, or something like that. It just, it's not going to matter in the long yeah. run. Let me ask you this then. Um, where do you think they go next to CM Punk? It's a tough one because there's a lot of, there's a lot of built-in feuds that people want to see. Um, you could put him against somebody like Christian would be an interesting way to go since AEW is so rankings based, mm-hmm. they're going to have to give him a lot of wins to elevate him to the point where he can have match it. We're going to have a match with Omega yeah. and that's where the money is. Yeah. So I think they'll probably, I don't want to say the back burner, but they're going to put him, they're going to, he's going to elevate himself. He's going to keep going up those ranks for a little while. Um, I don't think rushing him into a match with the world champion is a good idea yet. I agree. People will want that pursuit of that belt. Yeah. Because that's where the money is. The money's always in the chase. It's not in the having. Yeah. Um, we know Brian Danielson's coming. I mean, it's they're doing the same yeah. kind of thing. We know he's coming. We know it's going to be in New York next uh it's later this month. Now we're in September. Um, 
what do you think his role is going to be? Where do you think he comes in and starts this week? Will he be boosted to the top? Is he going to be in there against the elite maybe? Is he going to be – where do you think they go with him? I don't know. He's he's a trickier one because his um, his whole forte is great matches. Yeah. I mean, he's a great talker too, and he's a superstar also. And if Punk wasn't there, um, he could probably serve that same function for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but – I think what we'll I think we'll see him. I would expect actually him to wrestle somebody like Christian, maybe maybe that position on the card. I, I don't know that it would be Christian because we've seen that match before, recent relatively recently. Okay. Um, I don't think he'll they'll they'll put him against a, a um, another WWE guy, ex WWE guy that quickly. Um, but I see him as the guy that's going to have the hour long matches that everybody's going to ooh and ah over. Yeah. He will eventually be in a championship feud as well. Yeah, I think so. Too. But there's so many people right now um, for Kenny Omega to feud with that they're going to have to pick and choose the time to do it. Yeah. I think one thing they've done really well at ADW is they haven't hot potatoed that title around. Yeah, no. They've made it meaningful. No, that's – yeah, the, the titles are meaningful. And yeah. even the um, – you know, even even the impact and and um, in my opinion, the impact and the AAA title, those have all been elevated by being on TV with Kenny Omega. I agree. You know, I, yeah. I hear people all the time say, "Well, you know, I don't think this is doing anything for Impact," but it's like, why are you so concerned about Impact? Have you watched Impact in the last five years? No, probably not. But you know what? You know what it is now because Kenny Omega is carrying that Impact belt around, or was, mm-hmm. till Christian Christian beat him. What uh, on all out? We've also got Jericho and MJF. Tell me your thoughts on MJF because this is my favorite character in AEW. Yeah, MJF is one of the best heels in the business I, right now. I think he's the best heel in the business. Yeah, he already he, is. Yeah, he's 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 right up there. I, I could make a case for some of the guys in the elite, especially somebody like Don Callis. But yeah, as far as an individual wrestler goes. There's nobody better at being at drawing heat than MJF. That guy, and he draws the right kind of heat. So yeah. this is another thing. This is another pet peeve of mine where people say things like, well, you know, uh, I, I know you can't stand watching Baron Corbin. Um, and he makes me want to turn – I know he makes you want to turn the TV off, but that's heat. He's getting yeah. a reaction. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not good. It's bad heat because you turn the television off. Yeah, MJF. I want to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah, I do. On a sidebar, I do like what they're doing with Baron Corbin and the whole "he's broke" gimmick. Oh yeah, side note on Baron Corbin. Well, this is yeah, yeah. that's true. The, the stuff with Baron Corbin Before right now. Before that, is actually pretty I was good. against him. I loved when I think it was Jim yeah. Cornette called him the Possum King. And the yeah, King that, that's, Possum that's about right. King yeah. of the, the King, the Grand Marshal of the Possum Day Parade. I think that was a great, yeah. a great way of putting it. Um, but with, do you think that MJF goes over on uh, Jericho? Yeah, I do. I think so too. I think they're. I do. I think they're pushing it where Jericho's not going to win, but I think MJF's going to win. Here, here's why. I mean, it's it's sort of it's the Mick Foley story, right? Yeah. So Mick Foley loses to Triple H, loses to Triple H, loses to Triple H. Finally, he says, "Okay, this is a loser leaves town match, loser retires match." And guess what? He lost. He lost. And it's that same story. And I, I think uh, I think with, with MJF, I think Jericho clearly likes him. Um, oh, yeah. I, they like yeah. working. You can tell they like working together. 
Yeah, you can tell that, and and you can tell that you know they're the same kind of character actually. Um, yeah. Now, MJF is not as good in the ring as Jericho was back then, but he's good enough to the point where he sells really well. He does a great job with the coward, cowardly heel stuff. Um, and like I say, he can talk and he, he makes you want to see him get beat up and that's what a heel does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like that I was talking to you earlier, I think that I like what MJF's doing. The bucks to me are the opposite. I, I don't, and I don't, I just don't get it. And I realize I don't get it, but to me, they're like, as you used the Baron Corbin example, I just want to turn them off when I see them. I know that I'm in the minority with that. I think everybody who's younger than me likes them and likes their heat. I just don't get it. I, I there's something about them. I don't get. Um, I almost think also that I think Kenny Omega would be better if he didn't have the young bucks around. If it was him and Callis. And maybe the Good Brothers backing him up. I think that'd be better. Well, the thing about the Young Bucks is, is they're they're pretty polarizing for the for a couple of reasons. One thing is, is that in their early career, and Kenny Omega has kind of the same issue, especially with the people that are like fans of Jim Cornette. You yeah. know, Kenny Omega did some stuff when his early yeah. career where you know he gets a lot of heat for like wrestling a you know blow up doll blow or up wrestling doll a nine year old yeah. girl, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, I I kind of go ahead. No, no. I mean, and that's stuff from 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, when, when I hear that, just to throw this out there, when I hear that, you know, I think of like Cornette talking about, um, I don't want to get on a tangent about Cornette, but, you know, he talks about things as, you know, that should be presented as real, but this is a guy who used to manage a Samoan masquerading as a Japanese guy with, with a Hawaiian also masquerading as a Japanese guy. Yeah. And they were also, you know, and they were all supposed to be at this terrifying unit. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's you know, it's a joke. But anyway, the thing about the Young Bucks is, is that um, they, a lot of people don't like them because they don't look like they're having a fight. Yes, um, they do a my, lot of. That's they, part of my reason. They look like acrobats. They look like yeah, really they, good acrobats, but that's what they look yes. like to me. Nothing's believable. Yeah, so their style is more like a lucha-based style. They don't look like they're. They really don't look like they're in a fight. Yeah. And even with Kenny Omega, you know, he looks more like he's in a fight. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't. And th that's what a lot of people's problem with them is, I think. Yeah. A lot, most of their moves are sort of showboat moves. I mean, the Meltzer driver is a, is a showboat move. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I think that's the, a lot of people's issue with them. Now, one thing that I, I do take issue with a lot of people saying is that they don't have any ring psychology, which I think is completely, I think that's completely wrong. Like, I've seen Matt Jackson. He's selling his leg the entire time. And people actually, he was selling it so well that people actually thought he was legitimately injured and he wasn't. And at the end of the match, you know, he, he showed that he wasn't. So I, I disagree with people that say there's no psychology in their matches. If you watch their match with FTR, clearly there's a lot of psychology going on yeah. there. I mean, they went through the whole history of tag team wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, there is psychology there, but it's, I think, I think people just are hung up. Number one, they're hung up on stuff from 10 years ago with them. And also, you know, the, they don't look like they're trying to beat anybody up. They don't. And maybe so, that chicken shit hill thing is, is the chicken shit hill thing has always worked over the years. Chris Jericho is a great version of that. Uh, even when he was younger. Um, 
but they're just not believable to me. They look like two high school kids out there. Yeah, and it's weird because they're, they're what, in only, their late 30s. Yeah. yeah. I, I was joking with you. I, they shouldn't be called the Young Bucks. One of them's down three games to one to male pattern baldness. Well, I mean, you know they're heels, so, I mean, it's ironic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true, I guess. Um, so, we got All Out's coming. Anything, anything big you think is going to come out of All Out? Mm. I think take, uh, takeaway I, is going to be for All Out. I think Jericho is going to be retired. That'll be a big thing. I think uh, we might. I, I'm thinking we're going to see Brian Danielson show up. Really? You don't think they're going to save that for New York? For that New York. I don't. I think they're going to. I think he's going to show up at All Out. I think it'll be a te- sort of a tease show up. Okay. Maybe he shows up. Maybe he shows up for two seconds or something. Okay. But I think he's showing up. That's what my son thinks too. That's what Peyton thinks. He thinks that he thinks that Danielson's going to show up in some way. We'll get a couple little questions. We're going to get out of here because we want to we'll keep these segments sort of. Uh, in a, in a certain time period. Um, yeah, Adam sure. Cole is now a free agent. Is this going to be a done yeah. deal, Adam Cole to AEW? I can't imagine he wouldn't go to AEW considering that Brit's there. Yeah. And by the and way, I and, think she is phenomenal. Yeah, she's, think, a, she's awesome. I think she's one of the top three, maybe four women professional wrestlers in the world. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's about right. I mean, um, I, she has the, I put she's her, the total package. Charlotte, Bailey, Becky. Yeah, Sasha, I think she's so I think fine. she's the total package. I do too. There's some Japanese wrestlers that are probably better than her in the ring. Yeah. Um, and but I mean, there's a few of them. Um, but she's she's by far the, the total package. Her interviews I, are great. Totally the stuff great. with Tony Schiavone is great. Yeah. And hell, I hell, I want to go get my teeth worked on by her. I want to I want to go see her dental practice. Um <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't see how she I mean, so you've got the bullet club guys that are yeah. all in AEW. You have her. I can't see Adam Cole going anywhere else. And, and actually, to be honest, I mean, she's been teasing that he's, he's showing up on her Twitter. She made um, a comment tonight on the show. They said something she made. a. Uh, you haven't seen it yet, but they did an interview yeah, with Brent Baker. She says, you know, there's I want to make an announcement about AEW signing a long term contract with a free agent. Well, it's me. And yeah. she got a contract extension. You know, if you knew what you were doing and kind of reading between the lines, it was her taking a quick little jab at. Maybe they get Adam Cole. What do you think of Adam Cole? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Adam Cole. Um, he is, he's a great worker. He's very charismatic. And, you know, I don't think in, in WWE, they had a hard time with him, I think, after a while because, yeah, I, I think they had a tough time alone. Yeah, his size was a problem. I think they didn't Cole. like the way he got over. He was getting, he got over on his own, which is always yeah. the negative there. Yep. And, um, but, you know, he shows up at an event and you've got 10,000 fans screaming, Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. And you've, you've got something there with him. Um, I, I, the thing I worry about with him at AEW is I, I think he can be one of their pillars. You know, all Japan used to have their four pillars of heaven, right? And I think we're getting to that point in AEW where we're going to start seeing that. Um, some guys really, you know, that are going to really stick out. And I think he could be one of those guys for AEW. Uh, it's just a question of how they handle him yeah. and what they do with them. And I, I think that the the worst kept secrets of free agency that are coming to AEW are Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, and uh, CJ Perry, um, um, Miro's wife. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think there's <laughs> I don't think, the line, yeah, Lana. Yeah. I don't think there's line. any way that those three are yeah. not showing up at some point. I'm a little surprised Ric Flair didn't show up. Because if you think about it, 
Um, he's coming. You know, he's he's coming, and I think at some point, I think uh, Ashley will too, because if you think about it, his whole family's there too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Andrade or uh, what's he? I don't remember his name now. He was Andrade. In yeah, it's, in, it's Andrade, Andrade like El, El Idolo. Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm Andrade. I'm not the Spanish speaking names. No, it's all right. But my, I mean, the, the other four horsemen are there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that he knew Cody, yeah. right? Um, he and, and Andrade is there. Yeah. So Ric Flair goes there. I mean, Charlotte, Ashley, she's going to show up there too. I don't um, think she will. We'll see. That I, would be my prediction. I, I have said this. I, 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 Charlotte is my favorite. All thing, my favorite of all the women in wrestling is Charlotte Flair by far. And I think that one, I think she could be the best female wrestler of all time. And then secondly, I think she's got Hollywood actress written all over her. Yeah, she probably does. I That's think I think she's got female action star. I went as far as saying I know what I would do with her. I'd put her in. Well, I do too, but that's a different story. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like Hollywood. What? I'd get her in an Expendables movie. I know they're making a fourth one. I'd get her in there somehow, some way. I'd find a way to get her to be the star of a, of a, a lower level, you know, regular movie. You know, sort of like we're all rebooting everything nowadays. Here's the one I came up with: reboot Die Hard with Charlotte Flair as John mm-hmm. McClane. I could see her being actually, if you're going to have that, I could see her being in a Marvel, some sort of Marvel movie as one of the I heroes. I could see that too. Yeah, I can't think yeah. of who they would use, but she, they, they could use her similarly to how uh, Batista was used as Drax. Yeah. Um, and that would work really well. I, and she's an action, character she's an action adventure star that, who's written all over her. Yeah, I'm trying to think who, who she would be good good at playing but i can't think of anybody off the top yeah. of my head right now but yeah i mean she can be that's she can right be a female see. rambo predator whatever i mean she's she's tall she's athletic she's she's beautiful i mean she's got the look you'd want in a movie yeah i mean I, that's what i think with her i think that yeah. wwe for her is a, a means to an end now yeah I, I i i would agree with that i think i think wwe is a means of an end for a lot of people right now yeah um, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that are wanting to um, that are going coming in there now, not thinking that they're going to go do something in other media. I mean, look at yeah. Sasha Banks, you know, yeah, another another example. She was on The Mandalorian, yeah, right. She's on The Mandalorian, and she's been in a couple of other things too. I I think um, I think that's where things are going in WWE for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, one last thing. And then sure. I want to get out of here. We were talking about WWE, and uh, I know one of the things that you know WWE has hired Nick Khan is the now they got the was he the CEO? I think we're yeah. on the same page. Your WWE is for sale, right? Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, the thing about WWE is is that WWE is 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 one person's vision, right? It's yeah. Vince's vision, um, and Vince is getting old. Yeah, and and I can't see Vince doing this for very much longer. I know there's this sort of myth yeah. that Vince is going to live forever, right? He's seventy six, but he's seventy six years old, and you know nothing that he's going to be doing right now is going to be relevant. Frankly, um, I, I think what's going to happen is there's no way that they've brought in Nick Khan to run the wrestling company. 
they have brought him in to prepare him to prepare the wrestling company to be sold uh, to probably, I would guess, NBC Universal. That's exactly what I think Comcast is going to buy. Yeah, I, I can't see, um, I can't see them. I mean, that's his whole thing: is he brokers media deals. Yeah. He brokered the deal between them and Fox. He brokered a ton of other ones. So I don't see him um, being the guy that's going to lead them into the into the future yeah. um, with Vince as the booker or Triple yeah. H as the booker or anything else. So, yeah, it's getting sold. I would expect actually be sooner than later. That, that was and, my next question. How quickly do you think this is going to happen? Let me ask the question. Do you think it's before the next WrestleMania? Depends. Depends. It depends on the pandemic. If they can start setting, if they can start getting huge crowds back in and they can, they can get that going again, it'll be sold um, as soon as that happens. As soon as you can, as soon as they can sell at a hundred thousand seat building or whatever attendance figure they want to make up, um, that's when they'll sell it. Okay. That's when they'll be at their peak. How much do you think they sell that stock for? I don't know. You know what? One dollars a share. How much do you think they get from Comcast? Or assuming it's Comcast, I'm assuming Comcast as well. I can only see them and Disney as the two companies that would buy it. That's a tough one. Um, I, I think he'll be looking for a, an absurd amount of money, mm-hmm. but he won't get the absurd amount of money they'll probably do some sort of money plus stock and they'll wind yeah. up owning a bunch of NBC, a bunch of NBC universal. Yeah. Cause remember the thing about Vince is, and the thing about the McMahons is that they never liked being in the wrestling business. That's right. So they want to be in the media business yeah. and they've never quite been able to do it, mm-hmm. but if they made a deal where they owned part of NBC universal, even if it was like a 10% stake, let's say, that yeah. that make puts them in the, that puts them in the business they always wanted to be in, and yeah. they make money off of selling the off of selling the wrestling company. Yeah, so that's how I see that going down. As far as an exact figure, I can't tell you. I um, was well, and I know that he's not settling for anything close. He's going to be north of what the Fertitas got for UFC. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's because. He, but Nick Khan of, said on CNBC last week in an interview. Um, if someone was to, if someone was to walk in with twenty billion dollars, they would have a conversation. That company's not a twenty billion dollar because their market cap right now is around six billion. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening, but I do see. Like I said, I think what'll happen is is that they'll sell the company, but it's not going to be for cash. It'll be a cash and stock deal. Okay. And the McMahon's will end up owning part of NBC Universal. Yeah. Well, or Comcast, I guess. And that, you know, and that's how that's going to go down because that puts them, Vince McMahon is not going to sell that company that's he considers, and he still considers it his legacy, still considers that his father's legacy. He considers that his family's legacy, but he's not going to sell that legacy out for anything more than what his dream is. And his dream is to be a media, a media giant, media mobile. And so that's how I think that's going to go down. And to be honest with you, I mean, that sets that family up forever, right? Yeah, it because, does. And, and I think that's important to him too, you know? I think that's important to the whole family. So, Well, that's why I think it's more eminent too. I think he realized that the, the iron's hot. He can make this deal. And, and it's not him walking away. It's 
him setting up his family forever. One yeah. last question on this. We're going to get out of here. Um, sure. If WWE is sold, let's call it the Comcast. Who takes sure. over as the – if Vince – do you think Vince still stays in charge of what happens on television and on the creative, or is he going to eventually pass this on to somebody else? There, there will be a transitional period um, where I still see Vince and his cronies like Kevin Dunn and Bruce Prichard being in charge. Yeah. I think um, eventually what will happen is that NBC Universal will get tired of him. Yeah. Comcast will get tired of him. Um, they'll pay him some money to re- a little more, more money to retire and they'll have somebody else take over. And I would guess at this point that somebody else would probably still be triple H. Yeah. Um, I don't see anybody else that's sort of sitting in that position. They're not going to hire somebody from outside while Vince is still around, especially if he owns part of Comcast. So let's chat more about happening. that later. I'm going to get you out of here. I appreciate sure. it. But we can go all day on that one. I think that's I, the business side of that to me is just interesting as hell. And I think it's coming along too. I think it's sooner than later too. So yeah, I think hey, so. Hayden, thanks buddy for coming in. I will. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me soon. on. And uh, we'll have you on. Let's tell, let's try to chat either next week or the week after about the, hey. uh, the fallout from all out. Hey, can I plug, can I plug something? Absolutely. Go for it. Got to plug something real quick. Yeah. Go to the pro pro wrestling historical society website. Yeah. Um, I'm involved with it. Um, the, we keep um, match results from the 1800s um, all the way up to 1989. And we have a, there's a merch store that goes to preserving uh, professional wrestling and the merch store has um, t-shirts ranging from bulldog Bob Brown to the gold dust trio um, to, uh, to some other ones. They're a little more modern. Um, and, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Awesome. Check it out. Awesome. Give us come the out, website again. Out to the website. And it's professional. It's, it's, uh, pro wrestling historical society.com. Um, you can also check out the Facebook page. I'm one of the moderators on the Facebook page and you, you never know who you might run into on there. Um, B Brian Blair has shown up. Manny Fernandez has shown up. All kinds of guys from um, the era before the territorial era, they all show up on the, on the professional wrestling historical uh, society, Facebook page and website. So check it out. Absolutely. We love to have we're we're going to get that in the show notes as well. We'll put that in there. So pro wrestling, historical society.com check out the yep. Facebook page as well. We're going to get that out there to everybody. Yeah. Definitely check that out. And Kate, Aiden, we'll have you on next week, week after I love chopping up. We're going to get B dog in here with us next time as well. We're going to, Beat dog and cool, I are going to make fun of the young bucks the whole time, and we're going to make you feel so, feel ashamed that you like them. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. The people have tried before, but it's never quite happened. So we'll see if you we'll we'll, we'll give you a shot at it. <laughs> hey, I love it. Hey, thanks a lot, but I'll talk to you real soon. Yep. Hey, thanks again to my buddy, Uncle Rico, my man, Ricardo Gerbellini, my brother from another mother, as I like to say. We could talk football or really anything all night long. Um, truly just a great friend. Also, Hayden Fallick, thanks for coming in and talking uh, some AEW and WWE. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Check Hayden out, uh, ProWrestlingHistoricalSociety.com. Check out their Facebook page. If you're a wrestling nerd at all, you'll love it. I know I've enjoyed going on there. 
Want to thank everybody for joining us on episode 1.5 of the podcast. Hey, we've had a lot of fun. This is what this is going to be on Friday. So keep coming back. Check us out. We'll be back Monday with my interview with the commissioner of the Kansas Jayhawk Community College Conference. Uh, Carl Heinrich will be in. We're going to talk uh, COVID. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk all sorts of different sports. And we're going to have some inspirational stuff. Carl is great. He's wonderful. It's a great interview. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. If you get time, hey, do us a favor. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. We really appreciate it. It helps us, especially being a new podcast. Man, I'd really appreciate your vote of confidence there. Uh, come back anytime. So I uh, want to give a shout-out and thanks to my producer, the great Tyler Jones, everybody at, Soap, at Soapbox Studios, and everything you're doing behind the scenes. Thank you. My hat's off to you. Have a great Labor Day weekend. And, of course, go Tigers.